tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Happy Palm Sunday. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here. And Easter week is definitely upon us. Such a spiritually rich time for us. And of course, a fun time for egg hunts and candy and chocolate bunnies. So I gotta know, who are our milk chocolate people? Whoa, cheers. I've got some milk chocolate eggs. I didn't say this to the first gathering, but you're welcome to come up and have a few if you'd like. Yeah, wow. Okay, not now, not now, Jacob. (laughs) Leave it up to our intern to come up. Anyway, how many of you are dark chocolate people? Oh, that's a a bit even. Now, would I, I heard some people over here talking about percentage. See, with dark chocolate people, they're a little bit of snobby people, and they they talk about percentage. Oh, we're 50%. No, we're 73. (laughs) Okay, and then I just have to say this because I just have to ask, how many of you are no chocolate people? There's three of you. Same with the first gathering. Yeah, we still love you. And actually... Actually, I do have some jelly belly jelly beans for you after the service if you'd like. Because I brought some dark oh by the and you and those who are dark chocolate people, you can come grab some of these. Not now, Jacob. Um, and do that. But uh, you know, it's it's fun. <clears throat> we love to hold on to our favorites, right? Now, yes, Easter is uh, a time that is way more important than chocolate and eggs. Uh, Easter is really about hope and help and being inspired by faith. Uh, Like with the word Hosanna that Lorena talked about just a bit ago, the the word does mean uh, save us, save us now, please save us. Um, Psalm 118.25 includes that word when it says save us, Hosanna, we pray, O Lord, O Lord, we pray, give us success. And the Psalm goes on to say in verse 26, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. That was what the crowd was saying when Jesus entered Jerusalem some 200 plus years ago. It was a cry for help, holding on to the hope Jesus could bring to their life. God's people continue to cry out Hosanna in hope of God's rescue, God's help, God's protection throughout history. Uh, Even now, when we are tossed by the waves of things like a pandemic or a war or inflation or emotional struggles or just the ordinary surge of life. Life is chaotic. (laughs) Like the churning uh, in a pounding surf, we just want something to hold on to. Jesus can be that help. I love how Psalm 62 says it in verses one and two, for, for God, who's Christ, who's, who's uh, Lord alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. <clears throat> that word fortress means refuge. It means high tower or defense. Yes, the Lord Jesus, our God is our defender and we can hold on to him and cry out, Hosanna. Uh, why don't you say it with me? Say, say Hosanna with me. One, two, three. Hosanna. Okay, now say it with some gusto. Hosanna. Now say it like you mean it. 
Uh, I hope that is truly your cry because it, it, it means that sense of God come and, and help us and walk us through life. And this morning is this official start of Holy Week, Easter week, a week we're reminded to hold on to Jesus. And here on Palm Sunday, we're encouraged to hold on to Jesus for our hope in life, hope we can have in him for Jesus is our defender, our rescuer, our deliverer, the giver of help and, and so much more. And so I'm glad that you chose to be with us uh, this morning on this Palm Sunday. Uh, we will be exploring the things happened on this day, but, but mostly looking into a, a particular prophecy that was made of Jesus, of Messiah, that Jesus fulfilled when he walked in or really rode into Jerusalem. And again, that time was, that was shared then to give and inspire hope, and I hope it does for this morning, for trusting Jesus as king brings joyful renewal to life. But before we get into that, if you wouldn't mind sitting inside your Bible for a second and standing up and let's pray and ask God to encourage us. Father God, thank you for <clears throat> just all the events of this week. Um, as we remember back Palm Sunday, as you entered in to Jerusalem on the weirdest way of a donkey and uh, Lord, help us understand that more today. And but yet also throughout the week, there are certain things that happen as we read scriptures, amazing, especially Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and of course, Easter Sunday. So God, this morning, we ask you to meet with us, challenge us from your word today, maybe inspired and to hold on to you in hope all that much more. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. You can have a seat and I hope you take out the worship folder that Haley talked to you about. Uh, inside there is that card and we really would love a prayer request. Every one of you would be great if you fill out a prayer request and drop that in the offering. And I'll be sharing some more things there. You can write on there if you'd like. But if you turn over the outline, there's some, uh, an outline, uh, turn over the worship folder, there's an outline. Uh, there's some blanks to fill in. All the answers will be up on the screen behind me. But I also encourage you to go out to the lobby area and that table that Haley was talking about where the devotionals are, uh, are um, some of our study guides. We do these most every week. Uh, inside, there's a number of questions that uh, people use to, for personal Bible study in their life groups, but also there's all the answers to fill in the blanks on here and all the extra verses that I'll be sharing. And I'm sure you're gonna wanna get those because we hope that you would use this uh, time in God's word as a launch pad for your own personal study. Take some of these verses and think them through, open up your Bibles and look into that. <clears throat> we also provide a revive section in our, on our webpage and on there, uh, the link is mentioned in the study guide, but there's a link about the book of Zechariah. You'll want to look at it. It's a very short video that really walks you through the meaning and the, the, the design of the book that we're be, of the verse that we're going to be looking at. Also, there's a link to our podcast, which we do most every week. We drive a little deeper in the subject we go down. But the verse that <clears throat> we'll be exploring is actually on your outline. You can open up to the book of Zechariah, or you can just look on your outline, Zechariah 9.9. <clears throat> it comes from the book of Zechariah, which makes sense. Uh, now this, this writing, this book, Zechariah, is, is a little bit of a strange one. Uh, the book is not a linear history, but a grouping of sayings and prophecies uh, from the prophet Zechariah as a mouthpiece of God. It was, it was just about at the end of Israel's exile. If you recall, Israel had uh, God's chosen people had chosen not to follow God. God gave them fair warning and said, bad things are gonna happen, and they did, and they went into exile. They were taken away. They were um, enslaved. They were not following God's way, so they suffered the consequences. They were enslaved. Their land 
and their freedom to, <clears throat> to enjoy God was taken away from them. And now they were returning to their land. And Zechariah has a number of very strange dreams. You ever had a strange dream? <laughs> yeah, don't share it. Because um, they're weird. But Zechariah has them, and he actually wrote them down. And, uh, but they have a purpose. They, 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 they speak of a, of a wonderful priest king, the Messiah, who would come and to set life right. For under Messiah's rule, joy happens and peace and, and life as it was meant to be comes about. And in Zechariah 9, 9, the one verse we're gonna be looking at and exploring this morning is the prophecy that Messiah will ride into Jerusalem on a donkey, revealing much about Jesus. This prophecy is mentioned in two of the four gospels. The four gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This prophecy is mentioned in Matthew and in John. And, and they each quote a version of Zechariah 9.9, and we'll look at that in a moment. The prophecy gives us three uh, hope-inspiring aspects of King Jesus to hold on to. For trusting Jesus as king brings about joyful renewal of life. So let's dive into this. The first of these three hope-inspiring aspects of King Jesus <clears throat> is the hope in Jesus' reign, the hope of his reign to come and the hope of his reign in our lives right now. Uh, if you have your Bible open to Zechariah 9.9 or just want to open up to the worship folder, uh, you can do that, but let me read to you Zechariah 9.9. Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughters of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation as he humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Behold, your king is coming. This prophecy in Zechariah's time was to inspire hope because Israel was struggling. They were a beaten down and oppressed culture coming out from under brutal Babylonian reign where they were treated poorly. Their cities were destroyed and, and coming back, trying to build back their lives and dealing with the grief and the ravage of their cities. Maybe it's a little like what it's going to be for Ukrainians as they, whenever that is, able to come back and repopulate their cities and rebuild and as they process the loss and the dealing with the grief that they face. And as they were dealing with that in Zechariah's time, Zechariah saw that and gave them this prophecy that a king is coming and to place their hope in this amazing king, boss, leader who is coming. We know that to be Jesus. And when we hold on to Jesus, living under his reign, a number of amazing things happen. Let me just list a few. One is peace in storms. If you have your Bible, uh, open up to the Bible book of John, chapter 14, verse 27. John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave to you, Jesus says. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. See, Jesus gives us peace. He first of all gives us peace with God. Because uh, the problem with humanity is that they've been inflicted with a horrible virus that pushes us away from God. 
And, and we're sinful, the Bible says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That, that sin separates us from God. So there's this big chasm between us and God. Not only that, one of the effects of this sin problem that we have is that we will not make it into heaven and that we will not be able to have that relationship with God. And that's not a very peaceful situation. So Jesus came to solve that by being our savior, bridging the gap. We'll talk about that in a moment, but he brings peace. And life under his reign brings us not only peace with God, but also allowing us to experience the peace of God, which surpasses understanding. Because we can even be in the midst of a huge storm of life and have this incredible peace. It's miraculous. Some of you have experienced that. And that's what life under Messiah's realm, Messiah Jesus' realm is like. There is <clears throat> incredible peace, peace in storms. Not only that, there's unconditional love. If you're right in, in John now, turn over to the Bible book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. John the apostle writing about Jesus says this, in this, the love of God was manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the atoning sacrifice for our sin. And that's what Jesus did. And that's what we celebrate this week. And what's so difficult about Friday is the reality of that truth just hits home to us. That Christ paid the penalty for our sin on the cross. The brutality that Jesus went through was meant for us. But Jesus said, no, I will take it. And he went to the cross willingly, sacrificed his life. That's unconditional love. There's no condition on it. You don't have to do anything to earn it. It's just there. You can't therefore lose it. You can't be so bad. It's so far from you. It's always there. All you need to do is reach out and embrace it. And when you're living under his realm, it's there. There's peace in storms, unconditional life. There's also direction for life in a confusing world. Jesus was with his disciples. They were confused. They were trying to figure out how they're going to live the life that God has for them. And in, and in Matthew chapter six, they're worried. How are we gonna make it in life? How is this possible to live life your way? And Jesus says, why do you worry? Look at the flowers of the field. They're beautiful. God cares for them. Look at the birds of the air. They don't worry about their next meal. God provides it. How much more valuable are you than those? Still worried, he says, well, Jesus says, well, let me give you the formula for life. Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added into you. All these things will fall into place. To seek first the kingdom of God is to live under Christ's realm to obey his word, to follow what he says, to, to live under the, the structures and systems that he set up. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his righteousness is his way of life. He gives direction to a confusing world. Not only that, he gives fulfillment to an empty world, a world full of self-obsession. Jesus said in John 10, 10, for the thief comes to only to kill, destroy, and maim. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That's fulfilled. That's to the maximum. That's how it was meant to be. 
See, when we come under King Jesus's realm, there's peace and storms, there's unconditional love, there's direction and fulfillment. All of that is if we step in under his realm to hold on to Jesus as king. I love how S.M. Lockridge explains that Jesus is a seven-way king, and I wish like I could preach like this man. But he says this. He says, the Bible says he's the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of kings. He's the he's king of ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. Amen? Yes, Jesus is a powerful king. Jesus is a passionate king. Jesus is a purposeful king. And Jesus is a personable king. His reign is right. His kingdom is kind and his laws are loving. There is hope in Jesus' reign. We're to hold on to Jesus by yielding to his will and his way. For trusting Jesus as king brings joyful renewal. Will you? Another hope-inspiring aspect of King Jesus is the hope in Jesus' salvation. Messiah Jesus does bring salvation. <coughs> Zechariah 9, 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughters of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming righteous and having salvation is he. That word salvation means rescue. It means to be set free, to have received help, to be saved, to be delivered, to be victorious. This king, priest, Messiah that we know to be Jesus brings salvation, rescue, freedom, help. The people that day were crying out, please save us now, crying out, Hosanna. And Jesus does rescue us from this deadly virus of sin. It has greater effects than COVID. And he is the one is the only one who has 100% efficacy with his cure. All the others, you know, when we do this with a vaccine, 80%, 70%, then it drops to 60%. Jesus's efficacy stays 100% always. It never goes down. When you come to that place where you believe, first of all, understanding that you're sinful and all the issues that sin causes, all the effects, understanding that we're separated from God, that we can't get into heaven, that, that we won't fulfill our full potential, all of that affects understanding that sin is there and then believing that Jesus is the one who took it on the cross for us. He's the one who died in our place. He is that substitutionary atonement, that propitiation for our sin. And to believe that, we come then under his realm and receive his salvation and we are made new. And we can have that opportunity. That's the gospel. That's the good news. I know many of you have already come to the place in your life where you believe that. If you're still searching, I want to encourage you to investigate Jesus. Actually, uh, we, at the end of this, uh, the gathering today, uh, there are these packets. There are you, there, I think there's some at each door. Our ushers will have them. You don't need to talk to anybody. You can just pick one up if you're really searching and you're not sure if you have that relationship with God. Be saved. Cry out Hosanna to him and he will save you. It's a step of faith. But Jesus continues to save us 
by helping us with an inner strength to resist the crushing pressures of life. I have a balloon here. Why is it not inflated? There's no air in there. Or the air in there is not, is not great enough pressure for the air outside, and so it pushed it out. So if we want to make this balloon fill its full potential, what do we need to do? <gasps> yeah, not a chance. So I have my famous uh, balloon inflator. That works. Ah. So what's happening right now <clears throat> is the pressure on the inside is now greater than the pressure on the outside. And what Jesus came to do and how he saves us in life so that we're not crushed by the pressure on the outside is he builds our character. And how he builds our character is by developing us, once we've come saved, to develop that, that character traits of us called the fruit of the Spirit. If you have your notes, write down Galatians 5, 22 and 23. It says, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And what Jesus does in our life through the power of the Holy Spirit helps us develop those characters so that we can be inflated like this even though the world can crush us. We're still inflated. We're still living out our full potential. And isn't this balloon beautiful? And you're wondering how big can it go? Let's find out. Um, but it, it, it's wonderful that Jesus and how he builds that character in our life is he helps us cultivate those feelings. So we act loving and loving through the power of his spirit in coaching, loving, we become loving. And that love pushes out. So when the hate of the world comes and attacks us, we go, mm, I'm loved. I'm unconditionally loved. And I don't care what the world pushes at with me. I know that I'm loved and that I have peace, it says. The peace that surpasses understanding, even though there's un peaceful things happening in our world and strife and stress and all those things. When you have the reality of the truth of Christ in you, you are not pushed in. You stay inflated and wonderful. I want to keep this thing going. But I better shut it off. Now, now what happens if I let it go? The pressure from the outside takes the stuff on the inside and just pushes it out. And it makes a really interesting sound. We'll leave it there. Jesus does save us by developing in us that inner character that, to save us from the deflating reality of the world. So, Learn of him. One of the great ways to exercise that is to serve. Find places to, where you don't gain anything, but you'd give everything. Know God more. Let Jesus be your savior, both from sin and from the crushing world around you. It's all found in holding on to him. First from salvation from sin. I just want to make sure. So would you bow your head with me? And close your eyes. If you are here this morning and you are not sure 
if you have stepped into faith, that you really stepped in under the realm of Jesus as your king. He really hasn't been your savior from salvation. I want you to pray this along with me in your mind. You don't need to say it out loud, but it's a prayer to receive and believe in Jesus. It goes like this. Just pray with me in your mind if this is where you are. Dear Jesus, I cry out this morning, Hosanna. Please save me now. I understand that I'm sinful, separated from you, not walking in the right way of life. Really, I'm the only king or queen of my life. But I want to make you that. So here today on this Palm Sunday, I believe I'm sinful. I believe I need a savior. And Jesus, I believe it's you. And so I just give you my life and come under your reign. Guide me now in this new life as a follower of you as one of your kingdom. We pray this because of you, Jesus. Amen. You can look up. If you prayed that this morning, let me know. On that card, say, hey, Mike, I made that decision, and I'd love to send you something. And if you don't want anybody to know, that's fine too, but it really helps to let people know. Um, But once you step into faith and cultivate those fruits of the Spirit, for trusting Jesus as King brings renewal Joyful renewal. And the question is, will you? There is hope in Jesus' reign, hope in Jesus' salvation, and hope in Jesus' character. Zechariah brings out two huge aspects of Jesus' character. Zechariah 9.9, Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughters of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation as he humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Righteousness means just, right, upright, honest, and does what is right. In other words, Messiah Jesus is just in all he does. His ways bring justice in life. We live in a world that desperately is looking for justice in all the wrong places. The only one who has the right to give justice is Jesus who is perfect. Jesus' ways are upright the best and the most honorable ways of life. Jesus operates in honesty. There is no hidden agendas with Jesus. Jesus always does the right thing at the right moment. His timing is perfect. Messiah Jesus is righteous and we can enjoy all the blessings and reality of who he is if we hold on to him by yielding to his leadership How many of you were involved in any kind of sport or I guess even business and you had a coach? Any of you had a coach? Yeah. Most every sport has a coach. Why? Why do we need coaches? They have a view of the game that we don't have, the pitch, the the field, the, the court. They see the big picture. They also have a keen ability to look at the player and go, oh, If you just do this one little thing, this one little way, you'll have a greater swing. Jesus sees the big picture. And Jesus knows the best and right actions for us individually to take. He tells them in his word. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, helps us apply them. 
That's why when you're listening to a sermon or reading God's word and something comes into your mind and go, ooh, maybe I should do that. That's Coach Jesus saying, yeah, do that. The key is trust. Do we trust Coach Jesus who always does the right thing at the right time? You see, trusting Jesus as king brings joyful renewal. The question is, will you? As well, Zechariah brings out Messiah Jesus' humility. He's riding in on a donkey, not a, a big white stallion with, you know, Prince Ali, happy as he. You know. <laughs> Sorry, that's my mindset as a grandparent. <clears throat> if you don't know what that's from, ask a younger person. But Messiah Jesus uh, is humble. He's meek. Not weak, but power under control. I love how Matthew 11 uh, records Jesus' words here. Come to me, Jesus says, verses 28 and 29 from Matthew 11. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, that's way of life, upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my way of life, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is polite. He's not gonna force us to live life his way, but in that caring kindness says, here's life that's best for you. It's under my kingdom. It's following my will and way. I'm the best coach you're ever going to have. I love how Philippians 2 verses 6 and 8 uh, say about Jesus' humility. It says, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of man and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. The God of the universe who spoke into existence, all we see, the grandeur of the mountains, the, the beauty of the desert, the, the crashing waves of the ocean, the power in a storm, all that God created squeeze himself into the tininess of a limited human being. Immense power. And yet subjected himself to be pushed around, ignored, not honored, and took the posture of a servant. Mark 10, 45 says, even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Like that sacrificial parent or spouse or friend or boss or mentor who gives so we can succeed, Jesus is that humble servant who provides for us so we can be all that God created us to be. Why would we not hold on to him and follow and enjoy the path he has for us? Yes, it takes trust. For trusting Jesus as king brings joyful renewal. Will you? Will you listen to his teaching? Will you follow his coaching? 
You know, we do hold on to things we like, <laughs> be it milk chocolate or dark chocolate or no chocolate. <laughs> we enjoy what we hold on to. Holding on to Jesus can be way more enjoyable for the hope Jesus brings refreshes and renews life. For there is hope in Jesus' reign, hope in Jesus' salvation, and hope in Jesus' character. All that hinges on trust. Do we trust in Jesus? Do we trust in Jesus as king, as leader, as coach, trusting in his salvation, trusting in his character? For trusting Jesus as king brings joyful renewal. Why not let this holy week inspire you to grip with trust and hold on to Jesus. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you. <laughs> thank you for the, the, the hope and the joy and the encouragement that's in you. Lord, to just think about all the events of this week and what you will go through or what you went through and then what we will experience going through this week. Um, we are just in awe, Lord Jesus, of your humility, your righteousness, all that is in you. Help us to hold on with hope to you. That when the world crushes around us, that we will be so inflated with the character that you're developing in us, that we can stand strong and move through life thriving. Help us in that, Lord. Let us hold on to that hope. We pray this in the name of Jesus.